Welcome to the Reading for Success podcast, brought to you by the Success League. This podcast focuses on books, articles, and other resources for customer success, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not it's worth your time. Hi, my name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Reading for Success. I'm also the CEO of the Success League a boutique customer success training and consulting firm based in San Francisco. This week, I'm reviewing a new article, and we're wrapping up the book I've been reviewing, How Women Rise, by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith, with part three, or the chapters 17 through 20, on how to change for the better. Let's start with the article. So today's article is called The Strategic Side Gig, colon, The Right Kind of Outside Work Can Boost Your Career by Ken Banta in Orland, Boston. This article was first published in the May and June 2020 issue of Harvard Business Review, and you can also find it on their website, hbr.org. So I'm really excited about our article today because it supports what many of us have been doing for some time and assigns value to the roles we take on outside of work. Specifically, this article talks about volunteer board positions, teaching positions, fellowships, publishing, and other quote-unquote side gigs as roles that can substantially add to your role as a customer success professional. And it provides ideas for the kind of role that can support your professional calling. It explains why these side gigs have an incredibly positive impact on your career. So how is this specifically related to customer success? If you're a customer success professional and you're trying to figure out how to move to the next level, uh, I think that this is a very solid tactic for you to take. Anyone in this situation should take notice of this article, which will help you position yourself for a board position or a volunteer role. And if you're a CS leader and you're looking for resume fodder, this article is also a good resource. It will talk you through options that will help you position yourself for influential roles in the future, but hopefully also roles that will allow you to find meaning and fulfillment in your work as you move forward in your career. So let me talk about my key takeaways here. I think a favorite quote of mine early in this article is, by investing my time outside work in things I was passionate about, I learned things that made me better at my job. Those experiences have also prepared me for future leadership roles that I didn't know I would have. I think that is a really powerful perspective because it speaks to the fact that none of us really know where we will be in the future. I think one interesting idea presented in the article is to involve your family and your side gigs so that you don't sacrifice family time for work time. I really like this idea, but honestly, I'm not sure about the kind of side gigs that you could have your family involved in that would also have a substantive, positive impact on your career. I'm sure there are some. I wish the authors had provided more examples in that area. Um, And then toward the end of the article, the authors talk about long-term benefits. And these I buy into more than the kind of niceties that are there in the beginning of the article. First, they talk about recharging your energy. Second, they talk about building skills and confidence. And finally, they talk about developing a broader perspective. Personally, I serve on three boards, and I agree with these advantages. That said, I do think you need to be careful to pick the activities or groups that you want to be involved with. Be sure that they're adding to your experience and that they aren't spinning your wheels um, by making you add to groups where you aren't really getting anything back from that time. So is this article really worth your time? 
I really like the intention of the article, but practically this kind of time investment, especially for parents during COVID-19, I think falls a little short. Many of us who are partners and parents are just trying to get through the day and have very little energy or time left over to donate. That said, I love the idea of looking for places in your community to plug in. So for those of you who can make this extra effort now, the authors of this article demonstrate how this is worth your time. And I think for the rest of us, this is something to take a look at later. So let me move on to the book. So today we're wrapping up the book, How Women Rise, with chapters 17 through 20 on how to change for the better. I'm also delighted to announce that we have a short interview with Sally Helgeson that will be released in a bonus episode alongside this last episode that is reviewing her book. So what is this section about? Chapter 17 talks about choosing one habit to work on at a time, or maybe related habit clusters, rather than trying to fix everything all at once. It provides a roadmap for how to break down issues, prioritize what to work on, and move forward with intention. Chapter 18 is about how to enlist the help of friends, family, and colleagues to assist you in changing the habits you want to work on, as well as how to respond effectively to constructive feedback. Chapter 19, this chapter gets into how to avoid criticizing yourself for every wrong step while you're going through the process of changing and how to adopt a feed forward approach, which they define in the chapter, so that you don't get too down on yourself. It also gets into how to let go of judging others, which can create problems with judging yourself. And finally, chapter 20, this is the wrap up chapter of the book and provides a positive spin on the 12 habits outlined. It focuses on what you are bringing to the table as a leader and encourages readers not to forget the positive while they are in the process of fixing the habits that are holding them back. So what do I agree with? If you're at all like me, you might have left the chapters on the 12 habits a little discouraged and with a very long list of stuff to work on. Um, I really like that these last four chapters are very positive and encouraging and give you practical ways to be successful in your efforts to change. I think it's really nice to end the book on this kind of positive note. I also really enjoyed all the examples and stories woven through this last section of the book because they show people how you can apply some of these tactics to real life and they demonstrate how people have used these tools to drive real change. This is also incredibly encouraging. In chapter 18 on pages 200 through 201, there's a step-by-step -step guide to asking for help with the changes you want to make. This is this really, I think, simplified something that I find incredibly difficult, and I know many other women find challenging as well. It is also a very thoughtful way to get help um, that won't seem overwhelming to the other person. Chapter 19 talks about letting go of judgment of yourself and of other people. And I think one of the great sections here in this chapter is kind of taking an oh well stance to your own mistakes, and that's quote unquote, oh well. Um, this is great advice, and I have actually started implementing this myself over the past few months. Of course, we all make mistakes, but I think as women, we tend to hold on to them longer and maybe make a bigger deal of them than we need to. Um, I'll give you a personal example. I realized earlier this week that I had misspelled the name of one of the authors of the last book that I reviewed on this podcast, 
and I had cut and pasted it across multiple podcast descriptions. So it showed up four times and I was horrified when I noticed that error. But then I tried to practice my oh well skill so that I didn't dwell on it too much. I fixed the problem right away. I reminded myself that hardly anyone reads the descriptions that come with the podcast. I hope that's true. Um, plus, I know the author is a forgiving guy, so he's not going to stress about it. And I tried to not let it drag my day down. Uh, oh, well is my new mantra. So what do I disagree with? Um, I don't want to say I really disagree with things so much as I'm leaving the book with a couple of questions. I think first, a lot of the suggestions in this book make the assumption that you're working in a supportive work environment and seem to imply that if you can get these habits under control, your career will automatically improve. I would have liked the authors to spend a little more time talking about what to do if you go through this whole change process and it doesn't help you because you're in an unhealthy work environment. How should you think about whether or not you should continue versus when you should pull the plug on your current job. Um, and then also, what are some of the indicators that the problem is external versus internal? And then along those lines, the other question that continued to come up for me is what to do with systemic, gender, racial, or cultural biases that exist in the workforce. This book was written in 2018, so it's not old. Um, and I'm curious how the Me Too and Black Lives Matter movements will impact some of the systemic issues that complicate many of these habits. While we should always own our own behavior and habits and make changes for the better, I think, are these changes going to be enough to fully overcome systemic bias? I don't think so. And I wish the authors had carved out a chapter to talk about advocacy and the ways that women can make their workplaces better by taking on some of these systemic problems. So bottom line, is this worth reading? If you, like me, were left a little discouraged by the chapters on the 12 habits, I think this last section of the book should be encouraging, so be sure not to skip it. I think you'll gain ideas for changing some of your habits that you identified in maybe those earlier chapters. I also think CS leaders of both genders can benefit from this last section as a coaching tool because there are many practical ideas for driving change that you can offer as challenges to your team members that you are coaching. The next book I'll be reviewing is actually a collection of articles called Harvard Business Review's 10 Must Reads on Change Management. And we all need help with change management, so I'm very excited about this one. This is one of my favorite books on change management and includes both thought leadership pieces and practical approaches. This book is available on hbr.org and also on Amazon. If you're reading along, next week I'll be covering the first two articles. They're called Leading Change and Change Through Persuasion. Since this is a brand new podcast, if you like it, please take a couple of minutes to rate it and subscribe. You can also email feedback and ideas to me at kristen at thesuccessleague.io. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join Reading for Success next time.